0: Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast. I'm Andy. And Zach. And we're back again for another episode about long-term vision.
1: We're back Again, still (laughs) in our basement. We actually haven't left our basement for the last seven days.
0: That seems about accurate.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess we have another story in the house that we've been in too, but that about summarizes life for everyone else. So great episode, have a nice day, and that's all we've got to talk about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we're always in loungewear or pajamas. That's nothing new, so it hasn't been too much of a stretch to have that be our lifestyle.
1: You know, I, I actually have a job and work too. And yeah. Like wear regular clothes. I
0: mean, sure.
1: <laughs> Not right now, obviously. <laughs> and Andy's been doing interesting things with food while we've been yeah. stuck at home.
0: Well, um, that's because we had a, a recent article where I reached out to some experts and they gave some advice and it's made me like all inspired and getting creative with some things.
1: Yeah, so Andy's putting things in our dinner dishes that were never made to be eaten by humans.
0: That's not true. This and stuff is delicious. Potentially he, he almost actually, licked his plate clean.
1: I have never licked my plate clean.
0: I mean, it's kind of a saying.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't do that. But um, it, it's actually been quite tasty. I will not. I I will humbly admit that I looked at some of the things she put in front of me and thought, I'm not going to be able to eat this. And then it found I enjoyed it.
0: I'm so glad. Yes. And now we're going to be healthier for it. So thanks to all of our experts, our food experts who contributed.
1: We're going to continue eating these things? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. (laughs) Lovely. I'm getting he's giving me this look like you're talking on our podcast like this. Of course, it's been great. I do enjoy it. Um, I I don't like sweet potatoes, but I like sweet potatoes in things. I don't like beets, but I like beets in things. You know, it's all that kind of concept, and it's been great and wonderful. So good. Thanks to all of you healthy people who make people like me become healthier because you convince me that it's worth eating and you find a way to make it taste good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes. Also... We've been eating a lot of different kinds of chocolate, like of course, pumpkin always. chocolate cake. We're having
0: pumpkin chocolate cake right now. We are.
1: I have to. I have to bring it up because I just devoured that. It was yummy. Mm-hmm. And we actually have some running things to talk about too. This yes. episode, <laughs> so Andy came up with a couple of points to make on the topic of long term vision.
0: Mm -hmm. So in this time, I think a lot of us are having to change our goals, change how we think about things, because there's not a lot of short term gains to be made, or there's a lot of benefit to have quickly made gains. So we're looking at our long term vision and how to maximize this time so that we come out of it stronger and healthier.
1: And it's really kind of a reality thing with this, too, because we always talk about the importance of holding your long-term vision clearly while working toward short-term goals. Mm-hmm. Um, this just makes it easier for all of us mm-hmm. during this time to to really capture a sense of what is the long-term vision and how do I do things every day to work toward it. So we've got a lot of practical things for you here on that topic.
0: Yeah. So first, we're going to start with the world of running.
1: And as you might guess, there's not a lot happening in the world of Mm -hmm. running right now. Um, Really, I mean, there is in terms of like news, but there's not running happening on a grand scale, except there in microcosms. So I'll just mention the one that's uh, most readily on mind is Erin Laplander. One of our listeners and friends was um, doing a half marathon. She was scheduled to run this weekend. So she still just went out and soloed to half marathon mm-hmm. time trial and did indeed run, what was it, three-minute PR? Yeah, it was Nice huge. work, Erin. Yeah,
0: and obviously she knows that there's a little bit more potential there, but the fact that she ran a three-minute PR Time trialing is incredible. And also we should mention uh, there's there's quite a few of them, so I'm not gonna get to all of them. I apologize, but Pete Mombar ran a half mile PR and he's yeah. in marathon training. So he he trains with us at A to Z Running.
1: That was great. Yeah, yeah, nice work, Pete. Yeah. It's nothing like nothing like running a half mile PR in the the End period of base training for a marathon. Yeah. And, of course, so his marathon plans got canceled like so many of the rest of ours. And, you know, so he's looking at what can I do in the next several weeks to uh, bring about a good experience. So that's something that we've been posting about a decent amount here in the last little bit, specific strategies and approaches that you could consider. Um, And then most recently, we actually sent out directly to our subscribers and the email list, but did not post on the blog. So there's an incentive for you to subscribe because you actually get content that doesn't necessarily go out any other way.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so, free. <laughs> and
1: it's free. dot com slash subscribe. Oh, and by the way, if you missed any of those, like if you're just now subscribing and you do get a subscription email, there's an option to view past issues as well. So you can actually see everything that we've shared in the past. Well, since we started using the current system It's not everything ever But anyway, so there's there's things happening There's news, but really what we wanted to try to do Is just kind of highlight what are some of the things That the running sources Out here in the world Are write, writing about We thought that that would be a valuable use of this time And so the first thing that we just thought was um, Captured the essence Of the cancellations really well Was Shelby Houlihan And you've heard us mention her on a number of occasions Because she's just Records. been on fire so fast she's uh, a yeah. things. Yeah, right. No. Um, American records left and right. So Shelby Houlihan is Bowerman Track Club. She's a professional track athlete out of Oregon and for Nike. And she's been running um, like 1,500, 3K, 5K, uh, just crazy fast times. Um, American record type stuff all over the place. So uh, one of the things that she said in comment on the postponement of the Olympics was. Um, at first, that you know, it's it's health first. Health is the priority. So, of course, you know, we got to support the choice if the choice is to be made, and, and it obviously has on this occasion. Um, however, she said, but it does. It's it's bad because in quotes, uh, I was ready for this year. End quote, mm-hmm. and that. So many of you feel that right now, Mm -hmm. like you do all that training and you're, you're thinking, and I know I was just talking to Pete Mumbar about this. Um, you're thinking I'm, I'm as fit or fitter than I've ever been before, ready for something big. And I don't have a chance to prove it. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because you never really know. And this kind of come, comes back to a different one we wanted to share. Um, this was actually a, a Tuesday tip from runner space, by, it was an interview. I don't think it's a current interview because he was like on a highly populated beach. So I don't think that that was going on this week anywhere in the world. But uh, Meb, um, so you know Meb Keflazigi uh, and his marathon prowesses um, he was making a comment about how things just, things always go wrong. You you just can't predict it. You can't anticipate exactly what's going to go wrong when, and he even made the comment of just like food poisoning, you know, you just get food poisoning unexpectedly right before a big race or a big workout or something. And um, so that same, that same point that, yeah. Um, you know, things go wrong and we do need to try to be flexible in our training. We do need to have a sense of how we can adapt to some of those things. And then in some instances, we can't necessarily adapt in the immediate, but we still need to hold clearly our long term vision. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going here in just a few minutes. Yeah. Before we get there, a couple of things from Runner's World that I thought I would share that are kind of interesting. The first is um, I've got i got to read you this headline. I think some of you will either appreciate it and some of you will cringe and maybe a combination of the two. Uh, it says everything you need to know about spitting ah. during the coronavirus outbreak.
0: Oh, interesting. <laughs> this was so actually say? published on
1: March 13, I should say. Um, so it, essentially it's just, it's what exactly what you would guess. And this is kind of one of those moments where I think the best advice is just don't be dumb. Like clearly you don't spit in someone's face. (laughs) They don't actually say that in the article, but um, yeah. So if you have coronavirus or if you think you could have it, you can transmit it by spitting. And so if you spit while you're running on any surface and someone else comes in contact with it, there's a potential transmission happening there. Mm -hmm. And so they make the comments about like, so just don't do that. Don't do that right now. Um, And even the author of the article said, you know, I don't really even notice that I'm doing that at times, you know, as a long-term runner uh, that kind of becomes just second nature for many of us us and others not so much i should say that i have a friend who always criticizes me for spitting during running (laughs) (laughs) and and he should that's good um but yeah it's of course we do that and we should probably try to avoid it and she made a comment about snot rockets as well
0: okay Uh, see it's so interesting because you say this and i i thought about it on my 10 mile run on saturday because i was thinking like i had to do a snot rocket and i'm like I had to do this in the grass. Like, what if someone steps on it? What I mean, what I don't wouldn't even know if I'm a carrier. I don't know. Like, I started freaking out a little uh, bit. So, I was thinking about like snot rockets and spinning and stuff. But I also, there's a gentleman who is maybe like 100 meters. Like, it's we are far away from each other, but I coughed and I saw him jump a little bit and he oh, like no. turns to the side of, you know, I'm not sick, but I am running. You know how that happens when you're running sometimes. But, I started being really self-conscious.
1: One more from Runner's World here. This one, the headline was, uh, this is from March 4th. Why does my leg hurt? Question mark. The most six common causes, the six most common causes of lower leg pain. Um, And you would think by that headline, you're like, this is going to be really helpful. I was a little bit disappointed with how it was not as helpful as I thought because it says things like stress fractures. Oh. Like, yeah, that would cause leg pain. I don't know exactly how to react to that tendinitis muscle soreness. You know, so it's okay. Not as quite as helpful as I thought it would be, Um, but they do make the comment kind of near the end there. Let me scroll down, make sure that I get to it. And they talk about like, okay, prevention, and treatment of, you know, so if you've got lower leg pain, things to prevent it. And unfortunately, I disagree with their comment about prevention because the point they make, and actually it's really the only point they make about preventing lower leg pain, is to wear your racing shoes in workouts and if you're a marathoner in a couple of long runs. And that may be helpful. However, there is a lot more you can do to prevent lower leg pain and Mm -hmm. so we'll get into this actually it will come up in a different article here in a moment Um, but part of your routines and habits should incorporate some things that deal with mobility and strength in your feet and ankles and legs and so we'll come we'll come back to that but um, anybody will tell you the majority of your leg pain has to do with some tightness or weakness in some of your important muscle groups or usually it is actually both because when you have tightness you often do have weakness has to do with muscle recruitment which will also come up today we're going to be really practical for you we got yeah. some good helpful tips okay um and then two more here very quickly podium runner which is another great source for um you know just interesting commentary on athletes and experiences in the running world but um this one was advice from greg mcmillan who's a famous coach and he's he's coach of the mcmillan method and there's a couple of other things and kind of named after him um the question of what should I do with my training since my goal race has been canceled. So clearly practical advice. We wrote on that in our um, digest earlier this week, but Greg McMillan just basically talks about the, the kind of the three points, very similar to the points that we made, which is, um, you know, find something to do to end your current training cycle. So if you're, if you're building toward a may race target race, and that race is canceled, you should probably still race or simulate a race as best as you can train like you were going to for the next few weeks and do that race. Or if, um, and the other point he makes, if, uh, if you have some things going on like health wise or something, and there's some concerns there, then just pull the plug now and find a different target race in the fall. And maybe you already have one and you are already going to work back into something in the fall. But the, the main key takeaway that he makes here and that we made in our digest earlier this week is that you really should not just start a new training cycle now and train extra long for your target race in the fall. Um, if your target race is early fall, maybe maybe that's okay. But really, you don't want to extend a training cycle enormously long because that can actually risk injury and, and overtraining.
0: Mm-hmm. Good point.
1: All right. And this one, which I'm not going to actually get into the content of the article because it's the same kind of content that we're going to talk about in our main topic, which is why I wanted to bring it up at all, is the headline... Time for things that take time.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was a good, that was a really good title. I wish I would would have thought of
1: that. Well, we haven't titled this episode yet. We know our topic is copy. long-term vision, so we're not going to copy you, Podium Runner. This one was published on March 17th, so they got ahead of us a little bit there. But, um, And they get into some good things, and I just wanted to make mention that the in the image that they have, the header image for it, the guy is using what is called the MOBO board, which we are big fans of the MOBO yeah. board. This thing we'll was designed by our- Jay Degree. Yep, we will, and it's great for foot strength and ankle mobility and some things really one of the most effective tools that i have found to do that kind of stuff well and even um, the the thing the guy's doing on it in the picture is something that i do regularly on it which means he must have looked at the same recommendations from the the guy who makes it that i did so anyway um there's a lot we can do during this time to make use of this time and that is how we're going to transition in to our main topic
0: So our main topic is about long-term vision the reason that we are doing this today is because many of us have needed to look beyond tomorrow beyond that race that got canceled into what's next and we need to start having main objectives during our time now that we can use effectively for the future
1: yeah and it's it's the conversation about um you know what is long term And how is it defining the way you operate in a a micro sense, in a granular sense, and how you keep toward that long term thing throughout the different decisions you make in your training and racing and all of those other things. So it, in I mentioned it earlier, we tend to keep in hand both our short-term goals and our long-term vision simultaneously because your short-term goals shouldn't be contrary to the long-term vision.
0: So it's just driving in and focusing, honing in on the things we can control because as many people have been talking about, as far as how we are dealing with all of this that's going on, we got to let go of the things we can't control But we need to be diligent in the things that we can. So some of those things are routines and habits.
1: Yeah, you should be doing it. Doing them. Lots. Um, Well, maybe not lots. Um, So as I've been talking with a number of the athletes that we are currently supporting, the main point of conversation on this is um, there's certain things that we should all be doing before every run. Um, And there's not a big list of those certain things. It doesn't need to be a big list, but there are certain things. And then there are other elements of these things that should be conditioned to my individual needs and areas of growth and like weaknesses and things like that too so definitely if you don't have a pre-run routine that involves some kind of activation and recruitment exercises you need to um, because it's it can be dangerous for your muscles to to run without being properly activated
0: this is something i've learned the hard way so and
1: and you've heard andy talk about
0: it (laughs) i've talked about it yep i i don't want to You do the same thing, say the same thing over and over, but it's so important because you can survive a long time without doing it before you see ramifications. So that's why during this time when we have a chance to reset, refocus, redefine how we do things, this is a very important thing to integrate.
1: Yeah, one of the interesting things is, so I'm going to inject something new here that you have never heard us mention, because I was just reading on this in preparation for this episode. And it struck me in a way that I hadn't thought about it before. So um, the concept of like your muscles being weak is often not always, but often associated with their tightness. And it just falls along these simple lines. So muscle recruitment is the concept of how many of your muscle fibers essentially are working in a given muscle contraction. That's my simple non-scientific definition. Maybe it's not semi-scientific definition. Um, so the reality of that is if I've got, say, some myofascial tightness and congestion somewhere, the clear consequence of something like that is it's going to inhibit muscle recruitment wherever that tightness is the muscle fibers there are not responding appropriately and that may be that they're some of them are recruiting it may be that none of them are recruiting um, you know all of that's kind of playing together in different kinds of ways but the fact is if my muscles are not fluid enough mobile enough, then they can't recruit properly and thus aren't doing their job appropriately. And Mm. that can be tolerable. So I may not necessarily notice significant consequences. And that can also kind of ease itself up while I'm running, You know, it's often the case where you kind of start to slowly feel more fluid and loose as you go. And some of that is actually because your muscles are beginning to loosen and mobilize um, just by simply moving them around a bunch while you're running. And then the increased blood flow from your heart rate extending that that can actually improve that. But it doesn't always. And you actually risk significantly um, causing harm. By running through potential tightness and lack of muscle recruitment, mm-hmm. um, especially in a chronic sense. So if you've got an area that that is continually sore or tight, that may be an ongoing. It's almost like it's causing its own problem. It's continuing its own problem mm-hmm. because it's not firing properly. That's where right. Andy always gets that point of like yeah. muscle activation is so important. Like
0: if your glute doesn't work your glutes not activating then you're working really hard in other places and then that can cause injury because guess what our sport is very repetitive if you haven't noticed
1: (laughs) yeah so this is the advice then here which is the first thing you do in your getting ready routine is if you've got some tight spots or if you've got some especially if you've been like sitting around if you work in an office or you sit in a car a lot um, or these days you sit in your home office or on your couch hey listen. We're chasing kids around all day. I'm sure (laughs) many of you are as well. Um, So the reality here is you should start with some kind of myofascial release. Do some rolling, some general rolling. I don't think everyone needs to roll every time before they run. But most of us, it probably doesn't hurt because likely what's happening by doing some simple general myofascial release across all the major muscle groups, you're likely loosening something up that you didn't even know was particularly tight. And as a consequence, you're allowing it to recruit fully when it might not have on that run. Mm-hmm. And maybe that would be consequential, maybe not. But the point is, is that there's a ton of value to just simply having that be a part of the routine. Mm-hmm. So get those things loosened up, get some release there. So we like the foam roller for that. We like the stick, the tiger tail, all the that orb. stuff. The orb. Yeah, Protex has got their series of punchy little tools that mm-hmm. just... It's deep awesome. tissue massage yeah. and yeah ruin your muscles it's just awful it's horrible it's great <laughs> in a good way yeah okay so that kind of stuff is good and then you move on from there to your actual recruitment and activation exercises. And there may be the case, if you're doing them, that you might actually notice something that isn't firing Mm -hmm. well. And and it might mean, okay, go back to a little bit more myofascial release, target a specific spot. Or that might be, I'm going to spend a little bit more time recruiting and activating this muscle because it's taking a little bit more to get it working properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of this then speaks to I only know these things if I do them in this way. And so then we like uh, a certain few routines that are good for everybody or things like lunges, not single lunges. But um, I like Jay Johnson's Lunge Matrix personally because mm-hmm. you get multiple planes of motion, which is good. Um, but then we've also worked with Adam Hamolka of Endurance Rehab and Athletics to develop a couple of routines that help with those things too. Mm-hmm. And all of that we are willing to share Um, we, we tend to share those things with anyone that we work with. So anyone that we help support in training and training plans, we share all of those things with them. But if you want to reach out at any time and say, Hey, what are some of your thoughts on these things? We'd be happy to connect with you there too.
0: Absolutely. And we did look a little bit more into stretching because there's a little bit of controversy around like how to stretch, how long to stretch, what types are best for before and after running. So, Zach, tell us more about stretching.
1: Well, you've heard the comment about like static stretching. You should never do it. You've heard that said because in the running world, especially, that's said quite a bit, actually. And I do not fully agree with that comment because it is an uninformed perspective or it's an informed perspective that's just taking too general a sweep in its recommendation but the point being i think it's it's jay dykerie so he's the one who made the mobile board i mentioned that earlier um great tool and if you go on our website you can you can find a great link to access i believe with a discount i actually don't remember if if there's a discount still active for that one but if we'll not will put it in there if yeah there if not we'll find a way to hook you up because um he's you know he's all about it but anyway so um, the point being, he wrote about this in Running Rewired, a book that I highly recommend, um, d- definitely top on my list. And he wrote about the kind of the three different ways that we mobilize or, or flexible, flexibilize, flexibilize.
0: That's not a word.
1: Flexibilitize. That's a good word. Add it to your vocab. Okay. We gotta put this on the running dictionary. Oh, no. Flex. We're not making up our own own.com so, slash dictionary. Um, <laughs> so
0: Zach's own
1: terminology. Jay Dykery writes about these kind of three different things. One of them is muscle elongation, actually making the muscle fibers longer which is essentially what stretching is for. I'll come back to that. The other two are mobility, which is more a joint thing than a muscle thing. Like you're mobilizing the muscles and tissues around your joints essentially. And then there's the myofascial release type of thing, which we were talking about earlier, um, which is getting the muscle fibers, being able to move properly throughout um you know, that usually has to do with your fascia in some sense. So those three dynamics, and I'm, I'm very much oversimplifying oversimpli- this, but, uh, the point being the muscle elongation thing is very rarely something that we need. Um, it's, it's, rare instances when a person actually needs to elongate a muscle group or fibers. Um, and that being the case, the, the, fundamental purpose of static stretching, just sitting and holding a stretch for a muscle for a significant period of time is muscle elongation. But knowing that most of us don't need that most of the time, that's where you get the perspective of don't do static stretching, because it's probably not something you need. However, that's still a limited thought. Because there is a way to do static stretching that still is valuable. Um, so this Mayo Medical Clinic thing talks about a couple of different dynamics within this. Um, my point that I want to make is direct your attention to Phil Wharton and his work. He's the guy who started the active isolated flexibility stuff. He kind of founded that mindset in some ways. But anyway, Phil Wharton writes about like you want to essentially avoid inducing the stretch reflex when you're stretching because that's where what happens is if you do static stretching and you hold the stretch for too long is you initiate the sta- the stretch reflex and when you do so it causes a muscle muscle contraction while you're holding the stretch which can tear it usually does create some kind of micro tears in your muscles and then you more than likely are going to feel sore the next day because you just created some micro tears and the worst part about it is it's going to delay the adaptations that you would have otherwise the positive adaptations you would have experienced from whatever workout you were just doing Hmm. so if you sit down and do static stretches post-workout you're actually delaying the benefits of that workout and potentially negating them if you delay them too long um, and then the other side of this is if you do static stretching before a run, then you're actually probably you're probably damaging your muscle tissues enough that you're weakening them oh and reducing your muscle recruitment ah. again, which is what you're talking about before. Well, maybe that's so, why
0: Mayo says that, you know, you shouldn't be considering a stretching your your warm up. It's not a warm up. You'll hurt yeah. yourself if you're stretching cold muscles. So before you stretch, you know, it's good to walk. It's good to do maybe some Yes. some drills, some routines that we've laid out for you, even those lunges that we were talking about. So, essentially, you shouldn't be in pain when you're stretching either. Like Definitely. You should not be like pushing too hard to where you're feeling an yeah. uncomfortable stretch.
1: You see the person who's like grimacing while they're stretching. You see this all the time. I don't know if it's like pictures, like uh, stock photos of people at the gym kind of thing. And they're grimacing while they're stretching. And you're like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. No, no. <laughs> don't use that as a stock photo. If any of you out there use stock photos for things. Um, also, then in that sense, to avoid the stretch reflex, you just don't hold the stretch for very long. So the whole principle here is maybe if you hold it for a few seconds and then release, relax, relax. Go back into it slowly. Hold it for a few seconds. That's the principle of active isolated flexibility from the Whartons. And that is going to save you the concerns that we were just talking about.
0: I just want to let you guys know that like, I'm being educated in this episode because I didn't realize this. (laughs) So you probably have seen me holding stretches. I'm just going to put that out there.
1: Well, Andy likes to take pictures of doing things like this. And a picture doesn't work as well when you're moving so you see (laughs) pictures of andy holding stretchers quite a bit um yoga is another principle by the way in all of this that always comes up and in many ways a number of yoga poses are at risk of this principle so it's important to think about like when you're doing yoga you shouldn't be stretching so far with each of the poses that it's uncomfortably stretched Like Mm -hmm. yoga is uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be uncomfortable because you're tearing your muscles.
0: Yeah. But I feel like yogis are really good at this. They're like, don't push too far into this, like only go to where you feel comfortable, kind of allowing your body to tell you what it needs for that session.
1: Yeah. I mean, they know what they're doing. The ones, you know, the ones that are trained, which I think they should be if they're if they're leading the class, I think you have to be. But anyway, um, you know, they know what they're doing with this kind of stuff. And it is it's it's a mobile thing, but it's just it's just very slow and controlled motion. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, an important Which is a good warm up, there. which is a it good is.
0: cool down. Like those are re- really good ways to be stretching, yeah. so to speak.
1: So to speak. What else do you have for us, Andy?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, a few other things that Mayo says drive for symmetry, And, you know, don't aim for pain as we were just talking about and keep up with it. Keep doing it because it's not going to be as effective if you're doing it once a week, you know, because we get tighter. And especially for me, when I don't roll for a while, it gets pretty, pretty bad. Like when I'm on the roller, just putting the pressure of my body weight is uncomfortable.
1: Right. Um, and, and what you tend to see is there's three times that you want to be doing like mobilizing or flexibility types of things. One is before the run, which we were just talking about. One is after the run um, for a similar reason. And it helps with blood flow and it helps with avoiding muscles kind of tightening and tensing up post-workout. So before and after is beneficial. And again, In either case, I avoid significantly holding stretches with the static stretching stuff. But um, if I'm going to need to elongate muscle fibers, the best time to do it is post run, as Andy was talking about earlier. And then the third thing is, and I personally feel this in my own practice, and I know Andy does as well, um, end of the day. It's really valuable to spend a few minutes end of the day doing just a little bit more kind of like mobility activity types of things. I'm not going to sit and stretch because my muscles aren't warmed up and because I don't really want to um, deal with the muscle elongation stuff there. But something like uh, you know another a short rolling routine and then do some drills or just do some active isolated flexibility. I mean you can just do that all day long if you want to the AIF stuff. The only downside with that is um it it will potentially you know kind of make you feel fatigued in your Mm -hmm. muscles if you do it too much it will um but yeah i like to do that end of the day
0: awesome so those are some good routines and stretching habits that we can start integrating now and this is a whole another element of the time that you're going to want to be taking during this session of no racing and that's kind of creating your team and the reason why i'm saying that now and we do talk a lot a lot about community a lot a lot a lot but i want to bring it up here because we are in a a time where we can really be intentional we're not as busy with social things so for us to be mindful about the people that we're surrounding ourselves with
1: which should be zero right now
0: exactly i (laughs) I know i know
1: i'm kidding (laughs) i just
0: thought it would be funny to say That that is pretty funny but yeah, so I, as I'm thinking, like I I know I'm I'm missing my running buddies, yeah. and I'm finding that there is so much value, of course, personally, but also in in running, and there are people who help me and motivate me and encourage me to be uh, to enjoy the sport more. That's one reason to. Be excellent to work on those things that sometimes I am not thinking about and then also they're fast some of them are fast and they push me to do better in my runs
1: yeah you know um, you talk about like the certain kinds of people that it's important to kind of have on your team um, have with you you know you, you want peers and friends just to, do it, to enjoy the running thing together. You also want people who can kind of help support and encourage you um, it, from an impersonal standpoint. You know, that's where the coach kind of dynamic tends to come from. Someone who can advise you, who can call you out if needed or recommend changes if needed, you know, those kinds of things. That's important, too. Um, But but then there's also, like, the dynamic of how your family fits in with some of Mm -hmm. these things. I'm curious, Andy, your reflection on the family and friends side. Are there areas that you feel like family and friend are best for? Or are there areas you feel like family and friends shouldn't occupy? Mm. Maybe just in your own experience or recommendations for others.
0: Zach's putting me on the spot here. Yes. Because we didn't talk about this beforehand. But I have to say, especially since we're being confined to the people in our own household, we have to realize whether or not we want it to, our family or roommates or whatever intersect our running. It's without a doubt.
1: Especially right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's going to happen. So when I am looking at my kids and I'm getting ready for a run, I have to involve them, like we talked about with Lisa, Run Happy Mama, on an episode last week. Trying to involve my kids, and when I'm thinking about my team, of course they're they're not really giving me any advice or even much encouragement at all. But they're part of my team, and how I wait. You're
1: talking about your kids. You're talking about
0: my kids. Your yeah. kids.
1: They're not. They're not giving you advice. I feel like <laughs> Miles is full of advice. He's got ideas for everything that, we should be doing. You
0: know what? That is true. And there is going to come a time where he's correcting me like you correct me.
1: <laughs> Hang on. Hang on.
0: It's good. He's i It's already good for doing me. That. It's good for me. Yeah. So I guess I don't know if I answered your question exactly, but I, I do know that it's going to happen. The relationships are affected when it comes to running. So if running is a significant part of your life, Find a way to have it be a positive part of your relationship because sometimes it can kind of eat away, especially because it literally eats time. So how are we making this a positive thing in a relationship? And I did want to put out there too, there are so many different kinds of running friends that I have and it's important to have diversity. So Mm -hmm. there's a friend that pushes me, there's a friend that makes it fun and lighthearted and I'm able to actually run an easy day because we're running for the enjoyment of running. There is friends
1: that say, don't take yourself so seriously. Uh, Andy.
0: Exactly. You're not being
1: paid full time to be a runner. <laughs> You're not. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm, I'm not saying that you should have friends cutting you down. No. But
0: yeah. But then, you, yeah, then you have a friend who you have those deep heart talks with. It's good for your soul to run with them. You mm. know, running with my mom. Those are great relational times, too. So and and sometimes your friend can be a few of those things for you. But what I'm saying is it's great to have a variety of friends in your life that you're able to run with when we do get the opportunity to run again with others.
1: So your last main point here is the obvious one in terms of talking about long term vision, which is goals Mm -hmm. and motivation for that. What do we need to be thinking about long term?
0: Yeah, we did talk on our podcast last week. So if you're listening now, just keep listening and it will come on next. But we are looking towards motivations besides racing at this point, right? I mean, there are some that are always going to be a fire within us, like getting PRs, maybe getting a Boston qualifier, maybe an Olympic trial standard. But without clearly knowing what race is next, how can we move forward with goals that are not based on a race? And so, a few of those for me, processing life, being outside, some of us are still able to get outside to run. For me, prayer is a big part of it, feeling strong. And that, you know, I just love that Leo Connor was on a podcast and she talked about that because her goal yeah. coming back wasn't like, I'm going to the Olympics. That's my big goal. Of course, that's one of her goals. But to have the goal of feeling powerful again, yeah. that was her goal. I just feel like, it's such a great thing to hold on to because it's not contingent on on a certain race
1: on a date or performance or a yeah race. yeah, yeah. so that
0: one's really motivating continuous improvement discovering myself achieving difficult things like all of these objectives are transcending the idea of needing a race
1: Yeah. So I want to give a kind of a practical reaction to this that can be really helpful for so many of us. Um, If you think about it in terms of, so training in essence is best done cyclically. We certainly know that in terms of like physical improvement. Um, there are certain kinds of training that you want to spend the majority of your time doing if you're a distance runner because aerobic activity is the most important thing, aerobic activation. And so, yeah, you train cyclically because you spend most of your time doing this aerobic stuff, but then you need to kind of like hone the final elements, try to work toward peak level fitness. And then, and then after you, achieve that for a period of time then you back away again like a rest period take a little break some some don't take a break but still you want to have a back away rest period and then you build it back up and you do the whole thing again and you try to kind of push the limits push the lines in certain ways gradually over time now that being the case almost always the seasons the cycles are geared around a target race. Mm-hmm. However, I noticed from, I don't even remember who this was. This was like back in college. I I was interacting with an athlete who was just talking about literal seasons as kind of the cycles. And it was essentially like, um the majority of road racing in the Midwest because of like temperatures and weather and stuff tends to be late spring and midfall. Like those are the two periods of time where the best races seem to always be scheduled. Um and not all certainly not all, but the majority of them, the bulk of them seem to be um just about throughout the US. And what this athlete does is trains for kind of like a shorter distance peak, like 5k, 10k, half marathon type peak in the spring into early summer. So like June is the target peak season and then a marathon peak in the mid to late fall. So then this person is doing like Chicago, Detroit, New York, Indy Monumental Marathon in the fall, one of those, and then doing a slew of 5K, 10K, like half marathon type stuff in May and June. And so it never really matters to this person what race it is. Because it's always, this is the period of time, this is the kind of training I do as I get ready for it. And I thought that was that was not a bad strategy. Now, of course, in our current predicament, that wouldn't really matter because there are no races mm-hmm. in, in spring and who, who knows about June at this point. But um, even so, the perspective makes a lot of sense. I thought that was really practical.
0: I guess as I process everything that we've been talking about, what comes to mind, and it might sound cheesy, is that we need to get back to the love of the sport. Getting back to why this sport has brought us to where we are today. So it's they always say it's the marathon, not the sprint. And it really is true. And if we can take that to heart and realize that we have a long-term vision and our long-term vision is for our health, our mental state, our emotional state. If we can get back to that foundation and just enjoy the run, I think that we're gonna be happy in our long-term success. Yeah. So as I think about how I want to move forward, I'm gonna tell you my personal goals and. Ch-
1: yeah, And what's your long term vision? What's my
0: long term? Yeah. So become a stronger animal. Thank you, Dave Hodgkinson, because that- <laughs> I want to become a stronger animal. And. One of the things that has really brought me to this again is because of injuries. And you've been through it with me. I've talked about it quite a bit. But I want to get to a place where I am strong enough that I'm not having these these niggles and these problems because of weakness. Because, folks, I have all these little weaknesses that are becoming exposed with the marathon. The marathon is very exposing. And for me, I need to build a strong foundation. And I want to love it. And I I usually do, but I want to take time to really maximize the time spent running. So that's more meditation. I've left my phone at home several times because I just need to be away from my phone because that's the only way I can connect when I am at home. Now that we have this social distancing thing going on. So it's really important for me to leave my phone at home and have that self-reflection, the prayer time, enjoying being outside. Hallelujah. I think a lot of us are enjoying that now, too, uh, those of us who are able to. And I think just overall, finding that pure joy again.
1: Mm. That's rich. Steep. I want to be the ancient guy crouched and bent under the weight of age and wisdom out there trying to run, you know, 5Ks. I'm not going to run marathons when I'm 90 (laughs) years old, but I'm not going to do that crazy stuff. Um, But if you are doing that, I'm not calling you crazy just your actions. So, um, I do, I want to be able to enjoy what can be enjoyed in this sport as long as possible, because it is, it, it is a significant part of how I've connected with people over time. It's a significant part of, um, uh, how I've been able to stay, um, I guess, like centered in a lot of ways. And we talk about that all the time, but Um, It very much is, you know, the the amount of introspection and prayer and all of the things that I can do to reflect on myself, my life and my day and and all of that is important for me. Um, But also, you know, I I, I think in my head, like to do that, I also want to maintain the highest possible level of competitiveness throughout each of those stages. Because that's what brings
0: you joy. I love it. I love love to compete. To compete, yeah.
1: I do. We're and all so, that way. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, this period of time without the racing is tolerable for me uh, because I've, I've grown to kind of master the periodization. Um, not master oh, as yeah. in like I am the master of periodization, but, um, like I, I have a clear sense and control over, um, how I react to a different period in time. So I don't mind months on end of aerobic training without any kind of racing. I can handle that no problem because I know why I'm doing it and I know what's coming next. Um, And so I certainly hope that there's an end to this period here this spring. There will be, obviously there will be, but um, if there, if there wasn't like a sense of an end, then that would be a bit bigger challenge. However, I do want to be competitive. And, you know, for me, the big question mark right now is when is the last opportunity in life for me to run a personal best time? Like at what point will I grow too old and frail to be able to do that anymore? And it is coming and it's coming for everybody at some point or another. Um, But because I've been doing this so hard and for so long, um, it's a big question mark. I don't know exactly when that will be. So the ways I'm going to test that in the coming years are, you know, the next Olympic cycle, is it possible to qualify for one more Olympic trials? Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly going to try to find that out. And I, I want to try to find that out in the nearer future than the later future, because I think I'll have a better shot in the next couple of years than three or four years. But, um, so those kinds of things are all part of it. And when we talk about over the course of this episode, we're talking about the things that we do, the people that we do those things with, or the people we're around and what we're thinking about and our mindsets. That's, those are the three big topics. If I can synthesize them for us, um, when we're talking about that, we're talking about how those things are a part always of our long-term vision and executing that vision um, to, to be the kind of runner we want to be for that period of time, however long that is. And for most of us, that's kind of an indefinite thing. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is always going to be, what can I do right now that fuels the best chance of success toward that vision? And short-term goals are a piece of that. Um, but More important than the short-term goals is, like Andy was saying, you know, I I don't want to be stronger so I can run a good half marathon in six months. I want to be stronger because I need to do that to be successful in running in general. Right. To sustain. To be
0: able to run. Right. Right. Good point, Zachary. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now you know everything <laughs> that you need to well, here's the reality. So we all have kind of different visions for these. I think in running, in a lot of senses, we share some of those things. Just as a running community, we want to be strong, fit, healthy, those kinds of things. But how you are working toward that vision can be very different from many other people. However, there are things we all need to do mm-hmm. in certain degrees and senses. Right. Because if help y'all with all of running, this. you all love
0: running, you wanna keep doing it, then right being healthy. Taking time for those small things that help us sustain our running throughout time so that we can get to enjoy it for as long as possible. I think all of us have that vision if we love to run.
1: Absolutely. So what's next for you? You know, whether you've got races canceled, races postponed, as we've been talking, um, certainly there is something next. And the big question mark is how do I make sure that I'm doing Uh, what I can to best set myself up for the next success, but also to maximize whatever I can maximize for my current training. And if that conversation is beyond you in some way, you're just not sure exactly how to approach that, we certainly are happy to have the conversation with you. Feel free to reach out. And if it's uh, even just something short, simple, and sweet via social media and otherwise, Mm -hmm. we love to engage. And as you are feeling and we are also feeling Now is a great time to reach out and engage with one another.
0: Absolutely. And I'm still posting about PRs. So keep those coming, guys. It's been awesome to see. Super encouraging. Yeah.
1: Keep doing it. And as soon as we can legally get back out there together and do some kind (laughs) of event and run some PRs all together, even if it's not a real race, but just something, we're going to do it.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So at A to Z running, you can find us on most platforms.
1: And everything else about this episode can be found at a to z slash episode 26 for links and resources.
0: Awesome. Have a good week.